When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Oh, what a spirited morning we just had on Get Up, and it will continue here. We're smashing pancakes the way the Phillies are smashing fastballs. Interesting Monday night game last night. Cowboys, are they too conservative, or are they just where they need to be? Time to get all the answers. Let's do this. Here we go. Only one place to start. Herbert. Gets rid of it, and he's picked. Intercepted by the Cowboys. And Gilmore's the one who got it. Guys played their ass off. Offense, defense. They came up with a huge play right there. Something we can build off of. And there we go. The Cowboys finding a way. It was the great Jim Valvano who used to say, survive in advance, and that is what the Cowboys did last night. It was not an artistic masterpiece on Monday Night Football, but on a weekend where the 49ers couldn't find a way to win and the Eagles couldn't find a way to win among the better teams in that NFC. It is the Cowboys who go on the road and get a win they needed. Sal Palantonio and Dominic Foxworth, good enough to hang out after we wrap up. Get up. And Sal, I think you were the one who said it. I can sit here and pick apart a million different things. You liked that win for the Cowboys last night. Yeah, I do, especially given the circumstances within the context of the season and within the context of the way the Cowboys had played in the past. You know, they had just lost, got waxed by the 49ers, got embarrassed, and then they had to hear about it all week long. Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott and Jerry Jones. They needed to get things under control, find a way to win. They have to look down the road, right? They have to look at, listen, we want to dethrone the Philadelphia Eagles as the division champs. We know we're going to play them twice. We still have to play them twice. We've got to go to Philly on November 5th. Let's get things under control and find ways to win close football games. Was it too conservative for some people? Sure, I could definitely see that. But at some point, you may have to let the dogs loose. But in that game... In those circumstances, I could understand what Mike McCarthy did. Hello, my name is some people. <laughs> um, I, I, I get it. They, they, they got to win. And, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean no, that. no, no, it's fine. It's I didn't fine. mean that. I, you're not going to hurt my feelings. They found a way to win, which is important. I agree. But I do think that uh, this is indicative of the way they've been playing all season. And I think that's not a way to win a championship, which is what they want to do. And as a decision before the season, they got rid of uh, Kellen Moore because he was a little bit too aggressive offensively, and Mike McCarthy was determined to take over the offense and, frankly, make it more conservative. And this was, uh, it felt like a reaction to Dak's aberration of a season uh, interceptions. And so, to me, it does not give them the best chance to win a championship, but you're absolutely right. If, they, if this was the only way that they felt they could win this game, you have to win this game and figure it out going forward. But the problem is, this is how they've been playing all season, and we saw how that resulted when they played an actual NFC contending team. It resulted in them not being competitive. Yeah, it got obliterated. It got, they got, it got away from early. They were down early, forced to play one-dimensional football. They're, they're built to play with the lead. 
Last night, the game was sort of hovering around even most of the night, right. and Mike McCarthy played to try and win it by three points, which is exactly what they did. Hembo will be with us in his, uh, as usual in about 15 minutes. In the meantime, Hembo, I'm, I'm, I'm calling upon you because he's in the room to do a little homework here. The numbers on scoring being down in the NFL this season, I need as much context on that as we can today because I think it's really interesting. Sal, you were making this point that this is a league now which has been pass happy for the last, you know, 15, 20 years. As analytics have become more and more a thing, people have realized it's so much more efficient to throw the ball like crazy. But this season, we are seeing those numbers come way down. Certainly, anecdotally, it just feels like all these games are being played in the teens and the 20s. What what are you seeing? Why is that the case? And, and what does it mean as we go forward? Forgive me, because I like to steal something that you do. Yeah which is let's look at big picture and little picture at the same time, right? So let's look at big picture. What's happening in the National Football League? Pass protection is weaker. The numbers show it, and anecdotally it is true for whatever reason. They're not hitting in training camp. They're not hitting in practice. Injuries on the offensive line, whatever it is. Blitzing is up just a little bit. but So that is contributing to the fact that scoring is down. Big picture, what are we doing? You're not throwing the ball down the field. You're not doing what you're supposed to do when you have quarterbacks who are making $35, 45 $50 a year. Here you have Justin Herbert. Let's just take away from the Cowboys for one second. Justin Herbert's making a gazillion dollars a year, and he scored 17 points. And the way that he did it was dink and dunk down the football field, and they couldn't protect him. So what are you doing with these young quarterbacks? You're paying them a lot of money. You're paying Jalen Hurts a lot of money. He wasn't protected in that football game against the Jets. You're paying Dak Prescott a lot of money. He's not throwing the football down the field. Quarterbacks were built to throw the ball down the field, and they're not doing it. So the NFL has kind of been, sort of been turned on its head, Michael. The difference in that game last night was Justin Herbert missed open receivers that were downfield because they did take shots downfield, but Justin Herbert was inaccurate. Dak Prescott scrambled around and made plays. Pollard made that one big play. Dak had two plays where he bought time and found people deep downfield. So to your point, yeah, you're going to have to get chunks to get scoring. As far as the whole league is concerned, I think we have a lot of young quarterbacks. I think the pass protection is a good point. The defenses and the pass rushers, there's like – 12 guys in this league who would have been like the best pass rusher in football uh, 15 years ago. So that's, that's a different. Good point. However, this is one year <laughs> and the trend has been consistent. I'm less likely to jump to conclusions and say, now this is the new NFL. No, this is the beginning of this season in football. Well, maybe it, what I like about doing the two shows that I do about doing get up and now doing this and get up. We move fast right. and, and, you know, we, we have our fun. But on this show, I think we can go a little bit further beneath the surface. So let's get into what Sal just said. The, the impact, and you were a, a part of the, the, you know, you were the president of the Players Association. The impact of not hitting as much as they used to hit. You're go- one would think we'll have fewer injuries as a consequence. But is it possible that the, the only way to be ready to, to deal with all of the, you know, the beating that you take by playing a football season is to start taking that beating and have it regularly? I guess what I'm asking right. you is... Why it feels like injuries are at a premium offensive lineman, maybe because they just fling the ball all over the place in college. Why are his pass protection so bad? Yeah, I can't answer the question uh, definitively about why pass protection is so bad. I can defend the idea of less hits is like it's hits to the head. 
Like that's, that's what right. it comes down to. For sure. So like, and the league has not gotten worse in this time period. So like, anyone who would argue that the problem is they aren't hitting enough in practice has not been watching the growth and the popularity and the success of football. Fair. I don't think that the injuries matter as, or I don't think the hitting matters as much to injuries. If you're going to hit more, you're going to give people more opportunities to get injured. I do think that maybe it could degrade, and I don't have any evidence to support this, but this is an argument I could accept is that maybe it could de- degrade the offensive line readiness uh, in football or in uh, the games once you get to the season. That's right. a possibility. But the trade-off to me seems like a fair one. 100%. 100%. So I, I didn't mean it that way because right. anything that, that creates fewer concussions is worth doing regardless of what other, you know, Peter, you're paying Paul or whatever that expression is. Okay, let's go to the next piece. We feel like we are in a golden age of young quarterbacks, right? I mean, we are overrun with guys who have been drafted high in the first round in recent years, did huge things in college. How is that contributing to it? Is are 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 they not as good as we thought? Are they are they playing so young that they're getting bad habits? What the 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 football seems sloppier this year than usual this is where i would say the sample size matters is we're six weeks into this season right we wouldn't have had this conversation if we're talking about the last five or ten years right hertz was great last year uh allen was great so much but that's that's my point like but 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 so these the young quarterbacks that are coming into the league a huge part of what they do so well is run and now Uh, anthony richardson is out for the year right so so the owners who are now paying jalen hurts whatever was he getting 50 million dollars a year Sal, he has to ask himself, do I want to run him, designed runs, six times a game every week and take a chance he's going to get hurt or do a little bit less of that, maybe win one fewer game over the course of the regular season but put my quarterback in harm's way a little bit less? Is that what we're seeing? Well, let's talk specifically about Jalen Hurts. Hembo gave me the numbers. The Eagles are now throwing the ball much more mm-hmm. on first down than they did last year. They are running Jalen Hurts less this year than they did last year. So those are the numbers, whether it's on, on purpose or whether this is what defense is presenting. You know, Jalen Hurts is the most blitz quarterback in the National Football League. It's not even close. He was blitz 40% of the time. They're blitzing him on rundowns and they're blitzing him on pass downs. They're coming after him. But – they weren't getting to him because the offensive line was playing so well. But now that you have injuries on the offensive line, that's an issue. Here are the numbers. Last year, 68 different quarterbacks played in the NFL, started games. That's the most in NFL history. Yeah. This year, we're seeing it already. Baker Mayfield has a cut. Justin Field has a problem. Trevor Lawrence is not practicing. Richardson's going to be out, out for, for the season. year. You have a lot of Aaron young Rogers. Aaron Rodgers gets out me. four plays. Yeah. So you've got injuries at the quarterback position. Daniel Jones. You, the way to survive in advance, going back to your original point, the yeah. way to survive in advance is to have your quarterback available at the end of the year. You've got to protect these quarterbacks. And maybe as a result, I'm just saying, they're becoming more conservative on offense. Possibly. There, and there are trade-offs in everything we do in life, every decision that we make. And I think your point about the modern offense, all modern offenses seem to have a quarterback that it can at least run the zone read. Like Patrick Mahomes is capable of doing it, has done it in the past. They don't do it anymore. All the quarterbacks, even the most pockety passers of pocket passers, can do that. What comes with that is more pressure on the defense, but it also exposes your quarterback to hits. So what you need to find is players who are able to avoid those type of hits. There are players who are capable of not taking those big hits. Even though Lamar has missed a bunch of games the last couple seasons, he's one who comes to mind. Or players like Josh Allen 
who it doesn't matter. And I think we thought Anthony Richardson was that type of guy. It'll accumulate. So Josh Allen may, the end of his career may look like Cam Newton's end of his career. But right now, it doesn't seem like there is an amount of hits that's going to slow him down significantly. And quarterbacks do get hurt in the pocket also. So I, I think it's... You want the kind of perfect quarterback that is not going to take extra hits, but is also going to threaten the defense with his leg. It doesn't exist. So if you're going to play modern football, you need a quarterback who's going to be able to scramble. And you're right. It's not one size fits all, right? right? Let's look at the last couple of Super Bowl winners at the quarterback position. Tom Brady, 43 years old, wins with a great defense and yep. Todd Bowles' defense. Patrick Mahomes can win off script. Yeah. He is the nirvana. He is the dual threat quarterback who can win from the pocket. Yep. He's the gold standard as far as quarterbacks is concerned. Um, <clears throat> last, Matthew Stafford, pocket passer. Yep. yep. The, 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 and then, so those are, those are the differences that you have at the quarterback position. Jalen Hurts nearly won it last Ooh, year. It was great. Ne- very close. Dual threat quarterback. He was the number one pocket passer in the NFL last year. And he nearly won and if the you, way he played. And if you think of Patrick Mahomes, and even in that Super Bowl, the best, some of the best plays, some of the most pivotal plays that he makes is him running. Like running for yeah, 15 sure. yards out of nowhere, 12 yards out of nowhere, 20 yards out of nowhere. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, an asset that every modern quarterback, I feel like, has to have. I, I hope that the statistics would back up what I'm about to say, because I don't know it. But it feels like he runs with the ball a lot more in the playoffs than he does in the regular season, right? I'm thinking I'm, Mahomes we're talking about. Yeah. I feel like in the playoff games, when everything is on the line, I'm thinking about a game against Houston a few years ago yep. where he ran. He, he makes huge plays yes, running does, with the ball. The he size, doesn't do it in the regular season. Going back to what season. Dominique, sample size, let's, let's go back to the Super Bowl. He yeah. had an ankle injury. The Eagles did not expect him to evacuate the pocket, and he did anyway. So that, I think, is a, a little bit of an average. And he, you know, he won to his to Dominique's point. He won because it was a deception that was built in. And so I guess I very quickly I'd ask the final question because it began with the Cowboys this morning. If you had to right now bet that palatial estate of yours, Sal, in in uh, suburban Philadelphia or yours, <laughs> Neek, in, uh, in Washington, D.C., on the team that will come out of the NFC to play in the Super Bowl this year, who would you bet it on right now? Oh, I hate to do this with Sal sitting right next to me, but I think it would be the Eagles. I would rather disagree with you. <laughs> You're going to say the Eagles, too. Why would you rather disagree with it's me? More it's just more fun. <laughs> Sal is, I mean, uh, Dominique is a contrarian. No matter what you say, he, he, he lives to disagree with you. It's challenging. Yeah. No, I, I, listen, I think it's tight. <clears throat> I really do. You know, this is going to be a really interesting dogfight going down the stretch, and the team that's healthy is the team that's going to win it. And I think, in the end, it's the team with the best quarterback in the conference and that's Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, guys, you are the best. Thank you so much, Sal. A pleasure to see you. We will see you, if not before, Sunday night when the uh, the Dolphins come into town in Ooh. what should be a terrific game. This is Greedy, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Coming up next, we will explain how Archie Manning was the biggest winner in the NFL last night. Yes, I said Archie Manning. That's next on ESPN Radio. 
Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. All right, the assembled members of the hashtag crew have assembled around me. Hembo is here. Bubba and Cam are in Bristol. I bought myself this new, like, you know, I, I have my, Hembo knows what I eat for breakfast every day. I've got my yogurt. I got my Greek yogurt and I bring in like some kind of trail mix or nut mix or something like that to put with it, make myself a little yogurt parfait. Quite the concoction. That, that's my breakfast. It really is. I, I put a lot of time and energy into it you every sure morning. sure do. And it's, it's very good. And it's very healthy. We start the meeting late every day because of this, by well, the way. So I tried a, a new one that I got at, at, at Whole Foods on this weekend. And it's one of those where you just kind of pull down the lever and, you, and it, co- it falls and dumps into a plastic bag because hmm. it had like zero added sugar. And so I thought it would be very good. And, and, and it was delicious. But as soon as I finished eating it, I felt myself getting itchy. Like, can you see my hands are all red? Yeah, you're breaking out a little bit. I'm, I'm, I, I, so there's something I, there, I'm allergic to some nuts. And, um, and, and I, it didn't, I don't. I guess there must have been some in there because I am really itchy right now. Like, Is there any sign that you noticed that, that, that I, I warns didn't notice, of, but of, I'm, of nut allergy? I tend to shop like with, with AirPods on and listening to music, which is, a, I guess, a mistake because I know what I'm grabbing. So I just kind of grab things and, and go through it. So there may well have been a sign. I just I mean, didn't look I at mean, it. You couldn't have heard the nuts. You could have seen a sign while listening to no, your No, I AirPods get that. But So I'm just not really focused. You're distracted. Is what I'm saying. When you shop for nuts, you're distracted. So what I'm trying to say is... Do you have any Benadryl, <laughs> an EpiPen? We probably do have something here in the in like the in our medical bo- in like one of those buckets or boxes uh, attached to a wall. But I think those are really in case of emergency. Is this 
Is this I, an emergency? I hope not. Like, I don't think so. But I'm, I'm increasingly itchy. Yeah. Like, every part of me, I can't stop scratching. You're not normally a very irritable person, but right now you're like a little squirmy. Yeah. You're squirmy. I'm not, I'm, I am irritable, but I'm not usually itchy. <laughs> and, and, and right now I am itchy. Okay, in the meantime, I will do my best to remain focused here as best I can. Mine is that sort of rare genius that will not be fully appreciated until long, long after, after its time. time. The genius you said? Your genius. He's genius, eh? We're not going to appreciate your brilliance until you're gone. Brilliant. Yeah, once again, I was right. I told you yesterday that I guarantee you the Chargers will have the ball late in the game in their own territory. Justin Herbert trying to mount a drive for his life last night because every single Charger game goes that way. It goes that way with Herbert. It went that way with Phillip Rivers. That team cannot, that organization cannot get out of its own way and one of the primary reasons for it is the ownership they have they are just notoriously cheap they don't do anything right with the coaches i don't how, how that guy is still the coach there i have no idea and so that's what i meant when i said archie manning was the biggest winner in the nfl last night he said you know what my kid's not going to san diego my kid's not going to go play for the spanos family going to go play in new york for the giants And I think that has proved to be 100% right. Again, Justin Herbert threw his 13th career interception in the fourth quarter of a one-score game last night. That is five more than any other quarterback in the league since he got there. The Chargers now have nine losses by three points or less since Brandon Staley took over as head coach. That is tied for the most in the league since he got there. They always, they're in every game. Because they are talented, but they are badly coached, and they wind up finding a way to lose. You know the expression, find a way to win? That team finds a way to lose. So that was, I think, very much like a a median Chargers game. I find this stat that I looked up to be hilarious. I'm going to make you guess. So last night was Justin Herbert's 55th NFL start. Yeah. That includes the one playoff game. How many of those, what percentage of those 55 games do you think have been one-score games? Games decided by eight points or fewer on either end. I mean, a ridiculously high number. So it's been 55 starts 55 total? total starts. I mean, what is the league average? The, the, like, like, what is the... How many games, generally speaking, are, are decided by that? That's going to be a little bit less than half, I'm going to say. Okay, yeah. between 40 and 50%. That sounds right. So theirs is going to be higher. So are you going to tell me it's whatever 66% would be? So something like 38 of the 55. <laughs> 39 of the 55. Okay, yeah. 71% of his NFL games have looked just like last yeah, night. That's, 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 that's how they play every week. It's I a verb. Charger's a verb. Charger's yeah. a verb. They, they, they are chargering. They, they chargered last night. That's what they always do. I'm telling you, that team, they should never have moved out of San Diego. They, they, they've got everything rolling on wrong over there, and that's why Archie Manning was 1,000% right. They play in a stadium where no one roots for them. They play in a city where no one roots for them. All their old fans in San Diego hate them now for the way they handle that. They are like the NFL's version of, like, vagabonds. It's ridiculous. And they're wasting, just as they did with Phillip Rivers, the career of a Hall of Fame quarterback. Justin Herbert is definitively a Hall of Fame talent. Think about what, if he was in Miami with Mike McDaniels right now. Oh, my goodness. If he was in, who were the other quarterbacks in that draft? Uh, who's the, the, the Zach Taylor, smart coach of, from the Sean McVay tree? You bring in Brandon Staley, who was a defensive coach, and they can't even play defense. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that is a mess. Archie Manning was the biggest winner last so night. So, obviously, the Mannings had enough clout, had enough gravity to pull that off. But do you think 
we could see it again. We haven't really seen it since, have we, in any sport? At least not that I can think of to that extent. Let's Players say, just saying I'm not going there? Yeah, could, could Caleb Williams or even Drake May with the first overall pick, let's say they don't want to go play for Arizona or Chicago, Because it won't be the Chargers, to be clear. Right. They're not going to have the worst not. record. But you know, fill in NFL team that my, I don't want my kid to play for. Yes! They could pull it off. Absolutely. And now more than ever, how much money do we think Caleb Williams is making right now? Millions. He's in every commercial Millions. I see. Mm-hmm. If you watch the he's in the Heisman House commercials. He's sitting there with Tim Tebow and Barry Sanders and, you know, Tebow and Eddie George. And, you know, Tim has got to help everybody out. In the, and he's got another commercial. He's got two major national ad campaigns. The face of Wendy's. What's the other one where he's sitting there in, the, in, in someone's living room and they come in? Is, is that all? Well, there's one Wendy's commercial that I remember well. So my point is, whatever it is, he's got, he's making huge amounts of money. Mm-hmm. Huge. But what does, so to me, it has less to do with money, though, than it has to do with, with power. Like, I don't know that he, like, with, 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 with the Manning situation, like, that's obviously like a royal family. No, but that's the power. The power is to say, I don't, the reason you go to the NFL is because you need the money. Caleb Williams can say, you know what? I can wait one more year and, and make just as much money here. Well, you can't make enough. just as much money. Well, you can make a lot of money. So let's unpack this then because you're not going to make as much, but you can still make millions of dollars by staying in school. Right. You're not guaranteeing yourself a better situation, though, by waiting. What his agent would say is you're also delaying the clock on your second contract. So you might then be leaving yeah. even more money but on the But you know table. who doesn't get the second contract? Who's that? The ones who get drafted by terrible teams with terrible coaching and terrible organizations and have their careers ruined. You think Sam Darnold right now wishes he hadn't stayed in school another year mm. and went into a different situation than getting drafted by a team that had Adam Gase and then fired him 10 minutes later and then brought in a new coach and rebuilt twice around him in the three years that he was there? The situation into which you are drafted is everything to these quarterbacks and their second contract is worth 10 times what their first is you are well 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 worth it to make sure you hand pick the situation you go into so i don't i don't disagree with that fundamentally but i don't think it's i also don't think it's obvious to pinpoint which situations are good and bad because for example i would have thought for sure that joe burrow should have pulled that off in 2020 cincinnati has been a laughing stock and Talk about notoriously cheap franchises. I mean, right. they once celebrated getting big towels in their bathrooms, right? As you have legendarily yes, said. on our show. Yeah. Right. So, so that's a, a situation that Joe Burrow comes in, becomes a force multiplier, and has him in the Super Bowl almost immediately. I would have never thought in a million years that he could pull that off. So all I'm saying is maybe that Chargers situation with Eli was, was a unique one based upon the set of circumstances. Maybe. I mean, John Elway famously did it. He threatened to go play baseball. There have been a few of those examples, but not that many. Cam tells me he's got something. Good morning, hashtag Cam. Good morning. Uh, I know this won't happen because they have the quarterback, but I so, so badly want to live in a world where in a couple of years the Chargers have the first overall pick and they need a quarterback and Arch Manning is set to go number one <laughs> overall. And Archie's like, nope, not doing it again. We're waiting for another team. I, I, I want that, that so bad. Well played. It's guaranteed to happen. Guaranteed yeah. to happen. If they wind up in that spot, look, I mean, that, that'll be what, three years from now, let's call it? Is, is he? He's going. He's next a redshirt yeah, he freshman, just started, right? So it'll be a couple years. So, 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 but, but three years. I mean, he, right. he needs to be three years removed from graduating from high school. Mm-hmm. So that's three years from now. Am I doing the math? It'll right? be a 2026 draft. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, look, anything could happen uh, uh, between now and then. Like Sean Payton wanted to be the coach of the Chargers. Sean Payton wanted to stay there in L.A. He loves the weather. He loves the lifestyle. He loves Justin Herbert. They weren't willing to pay him. And, and instead, they, they stayed with Brandon Staley. They're guaranteed to do nothing this year. 
They're guaranteed to be 8-9 and nine or 9-8, nine and eight, maybe <laughs> squeeze into the back of the playoffs and blow a 31-0 lead in a playoff game. I mean, that's, that's basically the way they go about their business. So that's where they stand as of right now. In the meantime, I want to get to a few other numbers here. A reminder, if you can't uh, hear the entire program today, look, we'd, the, here's the first choice. First choice is you sit with us for two hours every day and we hang out. But if you miss anything, here's a couple of ways you can catch up on it. Our podcast is available every day, both hours of the show. The Greeny Podcast available daily wherever you get your podcast. You also can watch our show on the ESPN app. Just click on watch, look for hashtag Greeny, and we hope you will enjoy. The Scoop. All right, the scoop, here are the numbers. In the NFL this season, they are averaging 21.7 points per game. If that were to hold up, it would be the lowest in a season since 2009. So a 14-year low. Hembo, what are the reasons? That's a really loud number, especially in a league for which over the last 14 years, every rule has been geared towards providing more offense. So there are a couple sort of interesting inputs here that I would say. The first of which is, naturally, quarterback play is down. So our QBR metric, which is the single best metric of its kind, it, it tracks quarterback play 0 through 100 and grades every quarterback on every play with the context. It's the best number of its kind. The league-wide QBR this year is 52.4. That would be the lowest in any season in the history of the metric. That dates to 2006. So the quarterback play you're watching right now is the worst it's been league-wide in a generation. So how, how, if at all, are they able, at, at the, the, these metrics, mm-hmm. to factor in pass protection? That's my next point. Okay. I have one more number before we unpack this. Go. So our win rate stats, which tracks every single snap and every single player on both lines of scrimmage, here's what it says. The league-wide pass block win rate this season, so just pass protection, is 55.7. For context, that would be the lowest in a season since 2017. And year over year, like the figure last year was considerably higher than it is right now. So it should be no surprise that if we're seeing the worst quarterback play that we've seen in a generation, that offensive line play is really down. Like in some sense, even though it's not that sexy or interesting to talk about, like if you have a really, really, if you have good big uglies up front, if you have five guys that you trust, that is going to be the single biggest separating factor between the haves and the have-nots this season based upon the sort of current scoring environment. That's why I love Detroit so much. But here's what it also also add up to. You know who is rich today? You know which people are rolling in dough? People who have been betting the under this season. Listen to this statistic. If you just played the under in every NFL game this past weekend, all there were 15 games because two teams had buys. So going back to Thursday night through Monday night, if you just played the under in all 15 of those games, you would have gone 12-2-1. and one. That's 86% winning percentage. It would be the highest percentage of games going under in a single week since 1996. For the season, the under is 56-35-2. for the under this year. That's the highest under percentage through six weeks since 1991. So not only are they scoring fewer points than usual, they're scoring fewer points than Vegas is allotting them. <laughs> the people who really know what's going to happen, even they think they're going to score more points than this. So scoring is way down. So to bring it all the way back full circle, does that then suggest that it makes more sense 
to play more conservatively offensively. We are big, you and I, Hembo, both, on going forward on fourth downs, coaching to win, being aggressive, going for touchdowns. Does this suggest, with scoring low and and all of that, that anywhere you can get safe points, anywhere you don't make the big mistake, that it actually this season makes more sense? That's the way that teams are playing, even though I disagree with it. The best way to demonstrate that is the fact that red zone performance is way down. Teams are much more prone to settle for three, even in the red zone, than they are to trust their quarterback to throw the ball into the end zone and potentially turn the ball over because teams are running the ball, oddly enough, a lot more in the red zone. But I actually think, to answer your question indirectly, that it's going to be teams like Miami and teams like Kansas City and Philadelphia that can really, really pass protect that are going to be the difference makers, the teams, the coaches that are actually willing to play aggressively. Because yes, even though the environment is more congested down at the bottom, I think the teams at the top of that food chain, the teams that can separate themselves offensively, are going to be the ones that wind up ruling the day. This is Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Let's bring hashtag Bubba into the conversation. He is our resident Cowboy fan. And Bubba, if this is a good moment, I don't mean to bother you from taking you away from anything else you may be doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you have a moment, we'd love to hear your perspective on your beloved Cowboys and their win last night that we, for the most part, spent most of the morning picking apart like it had been a loss. Yeah, I mean, I, I, first of all, I was surprised at how many people on the, on the get upset thought the Cowboys played well last night. I, I just thought it was a, a terrible game to watch and just just awful. Like it's one of the games you always reference. If they were playing in your backyard, you'd, you'd close the shades. Like yeah. it was it was just brutal to watch. Going back to personnel decisions, I think the decision for the Cowboys to choose Michael Gallup over Amari Cooper is going to go down as one of the worst moves they've done in recent memory. Gallup is finished, and Amari just continues to be great. They just don't have enough weapons right now in the offense. CeeDee Lamb is great, but he's the only one doing anything. Cooks did okay, but, I mean, Gallup is just terrible right now, and that decision is just going to come back to haunt us. And McCarthy stuff, I don't know. He's been regressing so much right now with the play calling and the conservativeness. I don't know what's going on. I mean, sometimes it's okay to be conservative, but the second and long runs, this dates back to Kellen Moore. They would do this all the time. Second and nine, you hand off, and then it's third, third and long. They do this all the time. The end of the first half, I have no idea what he was doing. That was embarrassing. You have no faith in your quarterback. That made no sense. I mean, in, in the end, basically, Dak won the game in spite of everything else that was going wrong. And this is why it's all these times it makes me hard to quit Dak because every time you want to quit him, he he won this game basically in spite of everyone else. And in the end, Dak, CeeDee Lamb, Parsons, Gilmore, the individual players made one play to win that game. But I thought overall the Cowboys played poorly. So many penalties. It, it was a very poor effort overall coming off a game they needed to win. And I, I was disappointed about how bad they played. I, I'm glad to hear you say that just to the extent that I was expecting sort of a blanket defense on the part of a fan of a Cowboys win that I thought was unimpressed. All right, we have much more on that as we go. We're going to give Hembo a green light for some baseball as well. But right now, it's everybody's favorite. Little trivia today. Sneaky Hembo, let's do it. We find ourselves in the LCSs across baseball. Obviously, Derek Jeter has played the most games in the ALCS. I found this interesting. Who has played the most games in NLCS history? I like the question. The answer is next. You're listening to Greeny on ESPN Radio. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you as always, live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17, surrounded by the members of the hashtag crew, Bubba, Cam, and Hembo, speaking of whom. Wow, okay, and how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Hembo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? Sneaky Hembo, go. Oh. All right, Hembo's got a baseball question today. Let's do it again. Who has played the most games in the history of the NLCS. How many games did Jeter play in the AL? 54. 54. So that's the all-time record. What is the National League record? Sort of like Pete Rose has the National League record for most consecutive games with a hit, right? That was, that was it was the... Uh, the is the most consecutive... Most, oh, the, uh, yeah, the National League, yes. He has that good. The, the National, National League, League record history, yeah. for most consecutive games with a hit. Okay, I, I've already locked in my guess, so I don't have to go first. Go ahead, Bubba. Who is your guess? I'm having a real tough time with this one. Um, Can I mention one thing quickly, though? Because I asked it during the break. I hope you guys heard it. Starting pitchers don't count to the extent that, like, if you wanted to guess, I'm just making a name up, Clayton Kershaw. Sure. If his team's played 50 LCS games, he only played the eight that he pitched in. Right. So it isn't going to be a starting pitcher. I'm going to go Andrew Jones. Cam, who do you got? Uh, I'm probably going to regret this because they didn't play as many games. I just know he was on a lot of really good teams, but I'm actually going to go with Pete Rose. Okay, Pete Rose is not bad, but part of his career came so early. I was going to go Chipper Jones. That, 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 well, I'm not, wasn't. I am going to go Chipper Jones because I couldn't think of anyone else who I thought was on more of those Braves teams than he was. But Andrew Jones is a good guess. <laughs> um, all right, but I got to stay with my answer. All right, we got one guess for Chipper Jones. We got one guess for Andrew Jones. We got one guess for Pete Rose. And the answer is Yadier Molina. Oh, 
That sucks. Come on. How many did he play in? Yadier Molina played in 39. Chipper Jones played in 34. Pete Rose played in 28. And Andrew Jones played in 27. Okay. So we were we good guesses. Two through we, we, all, we had the guesses. right guesses. I feel like that happens a lot. We missed the first answer, but we get two through four. So we're covering our bases. So yeah, Yadier we had Molina. the right guesses. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, those, those, those Cardinal teams, they made it to a couple of World Series. I guess I forget that they were in the LCS a bunch more times than I guess I'm thinking of. How many years are we talking? Let about? me pull up his postseason because I mean this. I mean for the first time he made it in 2004. 05, 06, 11, 12, 13, and 19. That is a lot. And so Albert Pujols is also high on the list naturally. Yeah. What what year did he go to Anaheim? 2012. That was yes, 2012. Because right after they won the World Series. So he missed part of that. Yeah, he right. did. It's a part of that run. And Lord knows he hasn't been back there with that. <laughs> um, okay, good. So, so all right, that's a good question. Uh, so, Cam, update the standings. So, we have now played a full NFL season of trivia, and I hate to break it to you guys. None of us are making the playoffs, and you and Bubba might be fighting for the number one overall pick. I am 6-11. and 11, You guys are 4-13. and 13, So, not great from the hashtag crew right now. And uh, Cuban and uh, Dominique Foxworth are 0-1. Okay, those are the numbers. As we speak, in the meantime, let's give Hembo the green light. I'm ready to go right now. Green light, green light with Greeny. Give me the green light. Hembo and Cam in their glory with their Phillies once again mashing last night. Talk to me. This Phillies lineup is remarkably dangerous, especially in that building. Uh, Schwarber homer to lead off the game on the very first pitch before the TBS crew even had a chance to put the uh, score bug up. Harper went, and then Castellanos hit a homer later in the game. This is my favorite note of the day, courtesy of Stats and Info. Between Castellanos and Harper, they've now combined for eight home runs in their last three games. That is the most by any pair of teammates in any three-game span within a single postseason. The previous record was seven home runs by Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth in 1928. Wow. That's how, kind, that's how hot the Phillies in their lineup is right now. And one more uh, note just to provide... Again, with Babe Ruth and, and Gehrig as our, as our historical context, Bryce Harper's career slugging percentage now in the postseason is up to 652. That's third all-time behind Ruth and Gehrig. We are watching a, a generational talent at the peak of his power. Well, you said the other day something that was interesting. Baseball is just so different. The, the place that it occupies in our culture is so different. Bryce Harper was every bit as much hyped up coming into baseball as... LeBron James was coming into basketball as Victor Wembanyama is this year. Who else am I thinking of? Like, what other people would fall into that category of, of people who who came into a professional sport? Serena. Serena, yeah. I mean, I remember Venus. I remember Venus playing in a tournament somewhere, and they were interviewing her and asking her about her toughest challenges, and she said, well, the best player is my sister, and we hadn't even seen her yet. But individual sports are kind of different, and, and, and in particular, women's tennis, a lot of the players, they play so young. How about the hockey super guys? Super young. Yes, hockey falls in this. Clearly, Wayne Gretzky, I mean, we did this in the book. When he was something like eight years old, he was being compared to Gordie Howe, <laughs> and, and, and he exceeded the hype. What I'm trying to say is baseball – we just don't think of it that way. But the truth is, Bryce Harper is every bit as much living up to the impossible hype as pretty much anyone else we've had in sports in recent years. I, I think Reggie Jackson is going to wind up being a great comparison for him. Like Reggie Jackson is not one of the, I don't know, 15 or 20 greatest baseball players of all time. He's not even especially close to being like that kind of player, that caliber of player. 
But very few players had a greater career than Mr. October did. I mean, he has those like legendary, indelible moments that so few players in baseball history have. If you're a great quarterback, you have those. You know, if you're a superstar, like an all-time immor- you know, immortal type in the NBA, you have those. But there are so many all-time great baseball players that either didn't live up to the hype in the postseason or never had the chance. Like Ted Williams is the greatest hitter that ever lived. He played in one World Series and didn't have an extra base hit. In it. Mike Trout has never played in a postseason win. So for Bryce Harper, who I think is, is slowly but surely becoming the face of baseball in a league that also has Shohei Otani, to be doing this on a night in, night out basis is remarkable. I mean, you're really watching him be LeBron James, you know, sort of in the NBA Finals. That is a good comp, I think. I don't want to sidetrack this conversation, but the kid who grew up a Yankee fan in the 70s in me wants to say, what do you mean Reggie Jackson isn't one of the 15 greatest players of all time? There have not been 15 greater sluggers in history. No way. In, in a pre-steroid era, Reggie Jackson was as dangerous a hitter as has ever lived. And in the biggest moments, the biggest moments, he was at his best. Reggie Jackson won two World Series for the Yankees by being the scary. Reggie Jackson, when he struck out to end game two of the World Series in 78, the one where they went down 2 nothing. I forget who the pitcher was for the Dodgers, but he struck out. I can still see him smashing his bat in anger, in frustration. Those confrontations were made because of Reggie. I I think Reggie, you you could could probably put a bunch of numbers, and you're going to give me numbers I don't even know about and care about and war and win shares and all these kind of things that suggest there were better players than him. There were not 15 greater players, in my opinion, position players in history than Reggie Jackson. I mean, he's the only position player ever to win the World Series MVP more than once. So, I mean, he was... I mean, he's, he's nicknamed Mr. October for a reason. Yeah. But, but the better comparison, like, he's, he's more like Derek Jeter than he is fill-in-the-blank all-time great that didn't have How many home runs did Reggie Jackson hit? 500 and something. 563. That's a lot of freaking home runs. Greeny. Isn't that like Derek Jeter? We've been playing baseball since the 1800s. If you're not one of the 20 best baseball players of all time, there's nothing wrong with that. He is one of the 20 best baseball players. He's not players. close to that list. He's way closer than Jeter is. He and Jeter are very comparable. I think, I think he and Jeter are very comparable. I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing either. Of, the last know. thing I ever want to do is get into a fight with you about baseball players historically because no one is more armed in that fight than you are. But I watched Reggie Jackson play. I'm going to win this argument as we continue on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.